Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here is your host, Director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Well, thank you guys for joining us once again. I, I know you were probably all here last week, but just in case you weren't on that off chance, I have Eric Rios with me, and Eric Rios is our aftercare specialist, and we're going to talk a little bit about what he does with the guys, and we were talking about it last week. But as we ended the show and we were running out of time, uh, Eric was talking about how vital it is for your connection as churches who are healthy, well-balanced, Bible-believing churches who believe in discipleship to be connected to us at the mission. And so I wanted to pick it up where Eric left off and, and let him finish that thought. So, Eric, not to put you on the spot, but if you can remember your thoughts from what was last week for you and about 10 minutes for us. <laughs> uh, so, Eric, would you explain that a little sure, bit? Sure, sure. Um, kind of big picture, really breaking down what I do at the Union Gospel Mission into the number one priority that we have and that I've taken hold of is uh, discipleship and care for our men that are finishing up our program and then getting them founded and rooted in a good church. And so it's a two-way street there, right? We want them to go to a church, but we want a church to be welcoming. We want a church to be uh, accepting of uh, people that might look a little bit different from them or might have different backgrounds from them. Uh, you know, it's already kind of hard for us to go uh, maybe walk into a church for the first time, but, you know, it, it's very intimidating. You know, if you've lived a life on the streets or you've had a lot of uh, prison background in your life and you uh, show up at a church and, and you see Corvettes and Teslas in the parking lot and, you know, people just with a different appearance that they, that they have and, um, yeah, it's, it's very intimidating. Can I ask you something at that juncture? I know the answer to it, but I'd like you to articulate it. Sure. Some of our guys do not realize that you can actually just walk into a church. True. True. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, but really I don't feel comfortable just walking into a church. Sometimes. No. So how do they feel about it? Exactly. Exactly. But I love it when I have a friend who goes to a church and they invite me to their church. Yes, nice, huh? And isn't it nice when you walk in and you're maybe parking in the parking lot and they're kind of waiting out front for you, smiling. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And so um, I think the point from last week was we would love to make those those connections. Not only do we want someone to go to a good church, but it would be great to have somebody on the receiving end at that church to say, yep, I'll be looking out for... Uh, Johnny, this Sunday, if he's going to be coming. I'll be there, and uh, it, it just it just speaks volumes to them when there's somebody there on the receiving end that they can sit next to that can kind of show them the ropes, and like where the bathroom welcome. is. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, a perfect example of that is, and I I guess I shouldn't use his last name on the air, but Joe comes and you know he will sit mm. with Robert, and so he is. He is comfortable with him, and so he can take him back to his church, right. which is also a fine church. Right, right. And he feels like he's not the only guy walking into that church and that every eye is turning around going, what's that outsider doing right. here, right? Right, exactly. 
So, um, so any rate, you have within your sphere of influence, you have really kind of four or five places that you and I were talking about earlier. And I'd like to you to explain kind of uh, each one of those things that you find as priorities. I know we just did the first one, but uh, so. Yeah, and I love that when, when uh, my priority is the guy's priority. When I want to talk discipleship and care and where they're going to go to church mm-hmm. and they come with their Bibles open and ready, yep. uh, I love that. Now, that's not my experience with every guy that's finishing our program. No. Uh, they always want to get to the second one. And I make it the second one for a reason. I, I think it's less important, but then also we have to go to discipleship and care first before we can get to employment. Yeah. And that would be the second one. But really, it's it's kind of like every guy's focus because yeah. they they want to get back out in the work field. They, yeah. they want to get a paycheck. Mm-hmm. It's been nine months and they haven't earned any income. And uh, maybe many years before. Oh, that. absolutely. Absolutely. So some guys have very limited work history. Yep. Um, and I can work with that. How you challenging know, is that? It is. It's very challenging. And so, um, you know, with my background, I've done a lot of uh, resume writing. I've done a lot of job interviews with previous work that I've had. And so that's really helped uh, with this um, challenge, really. Let me tell you a little story. One of the first guys that I met as a graduate, he came to me with about uh, 25 years of off and on prison time. And uh, we started talking through employment. And he's like, well, there's not going to be any jobs out there for me. Like, well, why, why do you say that? Well, because of my, I don't have any work history right? and I'm, and I'm old. So what am I going to do? And so first I, I, um, encouraged him by saying, well, you've been here for the last nine months and this is a working program. So what have you done here on the program since you've been here? Oh, well, I worked in the warehouse and I worked in the kitchen and I did some of the landscaping. And so he began to, to kind of, uh, tell me all of the things that he's done for work in the last nine months on our program. And I said, well, you've already given us nine months worth of good, solid work that we can use on your resume. And that is, I would consider that work history. You didn't get an income from us, but you know how to do these things. Correct. And then he started to explain the time that he's had in prison. And I said, okay, well, did you accomplish anything related to work while you were there? Oh, I was in the kitchen for for years when <laughs> yeah. I was in prison. Cooking. <laughs> cooking. I've been cooking for years. Okay, well, that's great. And so he ended up having um, a certification showing out a certain number of hours in the kitchen. Wow. He actually did uh, a class for basic construction while he was in prison. And so we started to develop a resume um, based on experience that he had in prison and then the last nine months in our program. And... Um, he ended up feeling very confident in knowing that he, he did have some skill and ability and that uh, an employer would you know, be able to take him seriously. And well, he, he ended up finding a job. Well, you and I went out with others to mm-hmm. the Sacramento County Sheriff's Branch Jail. Right, yeah. And uh, I think we were all pretty amazed that they have a, a program that teaches guys skills. Right. Right. And so those things, they can get a certification from those things too, I believe. They can, yes. And and everything is important on a resume. 
Everything that you have done that's good is is really important, right? It is. It is. So work is super important. Um, this is where our Bibles come into play because it's not so uh, in a secular model. We would just you know get a resume together, then shoot it out to all these different websites, and then cross our fingers and wait for a hit. We talk about work and what their work experience has been, but then we I try to work through a theology of work. Why do we need to work? Mm-hmm. Is work a good thing or is work a bad thing? Well, guess what? We're actually all called to work. Mm-hmm. God worked in creation. Amen. And so he's called us to have dominion over the land. And so we work. And uh, in our sin, we've, we've abused work. Mm-hmm. We've manipulated work. We've, we've uh, made work work for us. Just so we can fulfill our pleasures. Right, right. And, and wherever we are in that spectrum... Maybe we're the sluggard from Proverbs, or maybe we're the busybody workaholic, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it becomes idolatry and identity yes, for us. Exactly. And so however we've abused work in Christ, we can come together and we can put off our, our natural bent towards wanting to manipulate things and see God's goodness for what he has for us. And that part is pretty pretty difficult to get to, especially for guys that have maybe spent... 40 years out on the street and surviving by manipulation. Right. And we tend to not see how good some of these guys can be at manipulation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, But don't, uh, let's not pat ourselves on the back too much because we can all be manipulative. And at some juncture, we've all done it, right? Yeah, absolutely. So we're not free from that. So, Tell me, where else in this progression do you lead these guys? The next natural one for us, once we're talking about work, is kind of piggybacking finances to that. Yeah, what do you um, mean by that? Well, we have to be good stewards of our finances. And again, um, we have we have money now. We have these guys haven't had a, a dime to their name, most of them, for nine months, and now they're they're or first more. or more. And then their first jump in, now they have a paycheck. And oftentimes they haven't actually thought about what they were going to do with that paycheck. And so I've seen a a lot of situations go bad because there wasn't a good plan or they didn't believe in the plan that we were putting in place. So I remember helping a guy get um, launched into a good job. And the very first paycheck that he got was the last day that we saw them. Yeah, I've, I've seen it, unfortunately. I've been there 17 years, and I've right. seen that happen a fair amount of time, mm-hmm. and it's always heartbreaking. It is, it is. And so we want to be, uh, I want to make sure that they're prepared that this first check that comes in have a plan for it, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's uh, $38 or $3,800, have a plan, have a budget in place. And so I'll work one-on-one with them, and this is what I what I enjoy also is that it's very personal. Not everyone is going to have the same plan. So it's as much as I like to make it, um, you know, maybe five, four or five steps for them. Uh, we might spend a whole lot more time in one area because there's just a lot of work there. Yeah. And then there might be other areas where there's really not a lot to, to discuss. Um, but everybody needs some help in, in their finances. Uh, yeah, I mean, you only need to turn on the TV and see all the places that are advertising to get you out of debt, mm, right. <laughs> to know that people had homes that they mortgaged to the hilt so they could go to Hawaii, not really budgeting well. Mm-hmm. 
But one of the phenomenons I've seen is guys will be for years out on the street not contributing, and they get on the program, they're sober for four or five months, and they go, I need to leave so I can go get a job because my family needs my help. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they're not ready. Right. They get that first paycheck, and it doesn't go to the family. Right. So how do you combat those type of that type of thinking when somebody uh, comes to you with that? Yeah, it's still going back to um, serving themselves. Yep. And they can mask it in the in the form of and and not to downplay their actual their their very real need and desire for wanting to serve and, oh, and help and their I family. Oh, and I believe they're sincere. Yeah, and I believe that they are sincere, but especially if they are babes in Christ, um, this man does not know how to be a father today. He does not know how to be a husband today. And so there's still a lot of work that needs to be done there. And so I always caution men uh, that want to leave too soon uh, because because of the falls that we have seen. Yep. Uh, just so you know, and I don't think we've ever talked about it, we had uh, one man on our program who decided to go to a Bible college, and he was getting subsidized by the government for mm-hmm. for doing that. And so they gave him one big lump sum. Oh, uh, okay. And he disappeared. Yeah, yeah, I believe it. You know, because now you've got dollars $1,000, $2,000 in your pocket. You've never had that much money in your life. Mm-hmm. That is a huge temptation. and For sure. So budgets, you know, we had one guy that even though we were going to give him a car, what did he do? Finance department was trying to work for a budget for him. He goes out and buys a motorcycle. Mm. Okay, well, never stop to think. How, what do you do in the wintertime on the motorcycle? <laughs> right. Right? Yep. And it was an impulse buy. And then he got angry because the finance guy said, well, that wasn't really your best purchase, you know. Right, right. So. Yeah, and shout out to our donors for donating vehicles to oh. us. Please. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Our guys, thank you. I thank you. Uh, I always try to talk through transportation, right? Just the, the very realness of like, okay, you've got a job and it's across town. How are you going to get there? Exactly. You can probably do a bus pass. Um, but, you know, the hour and a half each way on a bus is going to be taxing. And they don't always run at the times that you right, want to be there. Right, right. So I've, I've had guys uh, kind of. Um, Focus in on having bus transportation, and that's great. But like you said, the winter time's coming. The bus might drop off two miles from your work, and you've got to either ride a bike or walk the rest of the way. And we've had plenty of guys do it. But thankfully, uh, we don't have a lot of guys doing that because of generous donors. Yeah, because unlike other programs, not all of the programs, just some, we don't get the cars so that we can resell them or, or that kind of stuff. We get them. We want to get good, healthy cars that are running Mm -hmm. so we can give them to our guys. We don't charge our guys anything for the cars. We just want them to have transportation, right? Right, right. So moving down that that list, where are we going now with this? Yeah, so good church, employment, and then maybe just something else to hit on employment. Um, Find a job and get a job, you know, no matter what. No mat no matter what, right. So have a have a six month plan maybe, maybe six to twelve month plan, and then uh 
two years and beyond. Mm-hmm. You know, just because you get a job as soon as you're done uh, with our program doesn't mean that that's going to be where you invest the next decade. But it's a whole yep. lot easier to get a job once you have one. And I even employed that when I was young. Mm-hmm. When I was out of work, I would take anything. Right. And uh, if nothing else, you can they can say, oh, well, it wasn't a great job this guy had. But, oh, I see he sh- his employer said he showed up every day showed on up. time. <laughs> right. and, and he was a hard worker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I can train this guy. You can work with that. that. Yeah, 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 I can work with that. Yep. Uh, yeah. But... Uh, so our guys, they they fall prey to a lot of different things, as we all do, right? Mm-hmm. So how do you talk to a man about the restoration of his relationship with his family that, and I'm not just talking about a wife and a child, mm-hmm. but mom and dad, sisters, brothers, who he has repeatedly uh, approached them that he's okay now, and then he isn't okay. Yeah, it's one of the beauties of the gospel, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really does paint a good picture of reconciliation, mm-hmm. right? We've been reconciled with the Holy God today. Amen. And so through that, that actually fuels us to restore relationships with others. Mm-hmm. But um, do, but does it take does it take time? It, it can, and and sometimes it it will never be restored. Um, but really, as long as the desire is there, we can work with that. Yeah. So. So that one is again is is some sometimes that's a non-issue because these guys have, literally have no one else in their life, yeah, or maybe the, they're from across the country and they're not foreseeing going back to wherever they were they, that they came from. Well, we have at least one guy that you work with all the time who is from another country, mm-hmm. and uh, but even at that, there has been some reconciliation with For his sure. brother and his sister. Correct. For sure. For sure. And so it is not outside of that realm of possibility that you can get restoration. But one of the things, when you've used and abused a family member, trust is something that is gone in a heartbeat, but takes a very long time to rebuild, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I've, seen, I've seen people just uh, burn a family member. Oh, yeah. But once they are sincere with their walk with the Lord and ask for forgiveness— they, they are actually welcome with open arms. Yeah, and without mentioning any names, we had that very thing happen with uh, an individual mm. that you also helped get mm-hmm. housing. Mm-hmm. And that very thing uh, came to fruition, did it not? Right, it did, it did. And so others are going to have that same um, scenario, and the person will never want to speak to them ever again. And... In a lot of cases, you have to tell that individual, and I've been in that place where I've been counseling with somebody and had to tell them, the things that you did to your family, you did. Mm -hmm. And the reason they feel the way they do, right or wrong, is because of what you did. Mm -hmm. And some people, unless the Lord changes their heart, they're not going to be open to forgiveness for you. But what you need to do is you need to pray for the opportunity and for the changing of your family's hearts to be given to Christ so that forgiveness and reconciliation can take place. For sure. Because to your point, we were all enemies of God, Mm -hmm. all of us. Mm -hmm. And Jesus came so we could have the opportunity of reconciliation with the God we offended and broke his law, and were answerable to, and now 
have nothing to look forward to but hell, death, and and eternity without Christ, but yet he paved that way for us, right? Mm. And so they can only start by reconciling with God, but then I've always encouraged them, but you pray for those people, especially those in your family that absolutely can't stand you. Mm. You pray Mm -hmm. for them anyway. Right. You know, right. don't let you be that block between yeah. there, right? Yep. So then then a guy is at the end of his program because it's a misnomer to say you're the last three months of a guy's program because they come to you way before that. And it is also a misnomer to say three months afterwards, right? Because yeah. you've got guys that have been coming to you for the last few years, right? Right, right, yeah. Before Before we came over to this show, I was talking to a guy that graduated three years ago. And uh, it's it's just a beautiful thing because in Christ, all things are made new. Yeah. And so just because you've actually done something in your old life a certain way, once that thing comes back around, you're like, okay, I thought I had a handle on that, but I don't really know how to do that. I don't know how to operate as a Christian in that area. So um, thankfully, a lot of the guys aren't so dependent on, you know, maybe giving me a call because they've already been set up in a church so yeah. well that they actually have others that know them and that um, really the support and care are being taken up by the local church. Yeah. And that's a win. But of course, I'm always there for guys um, who just have very, um, very particular things and very specific things that they want to work through that maybe I would have a little bit more experience with. And you know what? We don't limit Eric by saying, hey, <laughs> you need to work with these guys. The whole idea of, of the mission is to tell people about that good news and, and implant it in their heart. One question I have for you. Though. Sure. Uh, didn't you say to me it would be wonderful if if we could take the guys to a soccer game? I did. I did. Yeah. So if anybody has a connection out there, <laughs> I'm not I'm not trying to pander to it. but <laughs> Yeah, let's go to a, a Sac Republic game this summer. Uh, it would be a sweet thing. I mean, really, uh, another thing that I like to touch on is leisure. Yeah. Right. And you kind of think leisure. Well, that's not. That's you know. Why do Why do you need to dwell there? <laughs> well, because we've made a mess of our own personal time. Yeah. Yeah. And and once the drugs and alcohol are gone, and the uh, chasing after women are gone, there's got to be something else that takes up that space. Right. Healthy. Ephesians chapter four tells us that we need to put off and put on. Yep. And it's like, okay, so if I'm putting off all of these things, what am I to be putting on? Yep. And, uh, and maybe they've right. gone to sporting events before, but they probably haven't done it sober. Yeah. Um, some of them have never been, uh, we've only got one minute, but just so you know, uh, nature abhors a vacuum, and if you just get rid of things, mm. something's going to fill that space. Yep. And now, now, like everything else Eric is saying, we need to be able to give them, to show them what it's like to recreate in a healthy way. Right, right. So, Eric, I, I hope that you will join me again shortly. For I sure. I think that there's a lot of stuff we weren't able to get to. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Before we go, I'd like to say a uh, shout out to the guys that are on the program Amen. right now. Yeah. They were uh, very excited to hear that we were going to be on the radio. They actually yeah. listened to the radio show. And so they're like, hey, if you can just give us a plug, you know, say hello to us on the radio. So there you go, guys. Hey, 
Hello, guys, for me too. God <laughs> yeah. bless every one of you. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. You've been listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to UGMSAC.com, UGMSAC.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268, 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.